I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. back for episode 97 of digital divination and again we have the usurper joining us uh ron, don't, don't call me that <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. in addition to the usurper we have me ron lundin <laughs> um, uh, uh, i do want to say at the outset uh you know i am a employee of wizards of the coast but my opinions here are mine and not theirs very good i was uh, i was gonna segue into that and so i didn't I think uh, your segues have become increasingly clumsy. I thought I'd save that for you. So. <laughs> oh, I thought the last one was funny. Oh, okay. The last one was, was very clumsy. good. was very good. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> I want to point out that my opinions are also not those of Wizards of the Coast. That's true. Uh, uh, I mean, mine, it's not untrue, um, right? Mine might not even be my own at this point. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, Lord. I've been brainwashed. Oh. Oh. All right. Well. We are we are getting down to the wire. In fact, we were just discussing when that century mark would be hit, mm-hmm. and uh, we're not sure. Who knows? So <laughs> we don't know because we. I don't know. Is we it going to be this us- year? Next year? I'm. Yes, it will be Keep one a- or the other. Yes. <laughs> Keep an eye on the feed. But right. it'll be special. It'll right. be a mm-hmm. special one. That'll that'll be that'll be important. Uh, but for this episode, um, we're going to talk about something that uh, actually uh, Ron and I encountered during a game that we were playing, and is how do you as a GM introduce a new subsystem to your players that you may either be using a lot or maybe a one-shot or off and on? Uh, and mm-hmm. kind of how that process goes. And, and primarily because the way I introduced it, um, it didn't really work. And so, no, now I think, gonna... well, but for ev- <laughs> the rest of it, it did, right? The whole, yeah. everything to do with the exploration and the, the yeah. charter building and so on was all great. Um, but it was specifically, you're talking about the Armada combat. Right, 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 which was new mm-hmm. to us. Yeah, it was. We know Starship Combat fairly well. We haven't done yeah. it a lot in the Horizons of the Vast game, but all of us are sort of experienced Starfinder hands who kind of know our way around Starship Combat a little bit. And the Armada subsystem was is pretty new. It's pretty different. And it took me a while to realize that it's sort of conceptually different than Starship Combat. Yes. Because each yeah. of the fleets can do its own thing. And almost, I think, the the maybe a good way to teach that to people is to say, okay, real quick, we're going to do this armada thing. Let me first tell you, here's what a fleet can do against maybe this other fleet, right? It's very sort of move, very board gamey, right? It moves this many right. hexes and sure. it fights this far. But once you've got kind of that basic, your fleets are going to do their own thing. 
then you layer in, oh, if you're a character and you're on one of these fleets, you get to have it do extra things or different things or the same things it can, but like way better. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a pretty sharp difference from Starship Combat because in Starship Combat, the ship kind of doesn't go without the characters to the players doing something yeah right 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 right. but with an armada all you're doing is you're taking an existing big fight in space and your presence makes it better and that i think is a pretty big difference when it comes to figuring out what you're uh uh what you're going to be doing and how you're going to be doing it in the middle of a big fight yeah yeah i you know when i was thinking about the armadas it it reminded me a lot about uh troop combat you know, where the troops did certain things and did certain damage and certain movement. But in Starfinder, typically it's you against a troop rather than you mm-hmm. within a troop making that troop Commanding better. And so yeah. it wasn't... Oh, you mean troops like a like a monster type? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. You know, a, 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 tr- a troop ends up acting a lot like a, a swarm, you know. So yeah. in uh, To Defy the Dragon, there are troops of creatures that you and your mechs are fighting against. So um, it's kind of a little bit different thing. Um, So getting back to uh, introducing uh, this particular subsystem uh, with the Armada combat, um, it it actually came out of Starship Operations Manual, which Mm -hmm. was out a while ago, but I've never, ever seen (laughs) Armada combat in anything. So I, I think somebody... Uh, whoever wrote that book, and now I, it, I don't remember who wrote book seven of or book six of of the AP Risings of the Vast offhand. I'd have to look. Um, must was have, that, uh, was that Landon think. Winkler? I think. Oh, it was Landon I think Winkler, it was Landon. Yeah, yeah I think okay. it was. Likely, he was tasked with including that. Is all I'm thinking. You know, that was part of. The, uh, I'll tell you. Yes, and um, yes. Uh, Landon Landon uses uh, they, but um, yes, uh, that's right. Um, yeah, it was a sort of thing that we were going to, yeah, it was coming out. We were going to decide to use it. Uh, and, and it was, you know, close enough that I don't remember if how much it it was already out. If Landon had the information or if I kind of slotted it in after the fact, it may have been like placeholder text, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, and then just sort of, oh, the Armada stuff is done. Let's put it in. Cause I don't really remember the timeline of when there's not a lot of it just refers to the Starship Operations Manual. It doesn't right. doesn't spell out basic rules or anything yeah. for it. So yeah, it it was because that all that was, you know, it always takes up that you know, and you do a big subsystem like that, and it's in another book. That's always the tricky thing about subsystems and in core rule books, and then in Adventure Pass, like how much do you reprint? How much of it is complicated? How right. much space does it take up? Can you just point to the thing and say, "Hey, it's in here"? You know, I remember like you know all the uh, the first when you're doing Kingmaker for first edition Pathfinder, how much the king making the kingdom building rules like were, and how they needed to be like a separate document because we could not print them exactly, hmm. um, or at least mm-hmm. re- we reprinted them in the sort of player's guide, and that how that player's guide got to be like you know it's like forty pages long or something like that, so right. it's massive. Um, and I don't know how much of that sort of has translated over into the 2E version of Kingmaker. And I, I, but I did like, I remember glancing at it at one point, like, oh, this is just, you know, just as detailed of a thing. Whereas we had to, for Horizon of the Vest, kind of squeeze that charter stuff into the book 
right into book uh, one a, right yeah. a, into book one right and had a real finite page count and so it's like mm -hmm. it's a little truncated but it was meant to be a little simpler than 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 you know pathfinders uh kingdom building stuff so um it can be well, tough it, you know it, yeah well i was gonna say that was in flight because i wrote book one of that yeah and that's it true. was yeah. a lot of like i maybe the reward is some that they get for completing this encounter is some benefit in the benefit. charter building system question mark yeah. did yeah, jason make it of, yeah. make it work <laughs> <laughs> no yeah exactly it was like because i was writing that at the same time as you were writing the adventure and just sort of like testing it out making sure that it worked at least a little bit <laughs> well it, what's interesting so with the charter building we spent we probably spent the better part of w our one session going through and figuring out how sure. to make things and deciding how to do stuff and reading through that. Ron had actually studied it quite a bit and had a good sense on what, what to do. And uh, a couple other people kind of played different roles and tracking things. We have it. Um, and then with the Armada thing, because it was a one shot, because we were just doing it one time, I thought we could just, you know, I handed out a bunch of the rules kind of started placing things out and I thought, okay, we'll just kind of walk through this because we're only going to probably ever do this thing one time rather than mm -hmm. with the charter building multiple times. So I didn't really want to spend a lot of time on it. And I actually allocated about 40 minutes to do it, but it took that long just to set it up. Mm -hmm. And at that point I could tell a couple of our players, especially the gentleman on my right where I'm seated, Ron across from you, was was not having a very good time with it and uh well, that's uh, well, why I, I decided to expedite things well I, th I think so and obviously you don't want to be pushing hard on a subsystem that your players don't respond to right if nobody's having mm -hmm. a good time don't do it right and if yeah. one of the things i found when i ran kingmaker years ago that i had to make sure the kingdom turns were pretty snappy because i had right. one or two players that loved that and the rest of them just zoned right out. And so I realized, all right, this is a thing that is going to really cater to these one or two people, but I don't want to do it at the expense of everybody else So for like a whole session. So, you know, yeah. I kind of kept it kind of kind of quick and snappy. Um, yeah, I had that same issue, basically. You know, people that didn't, I don't think anyone sort of was checked out, but like I was the only one who really knew what was going on as the GM how it worked and so mm -hmm. so i was just like let's want to do an adventure, adventure okay let's uh you know we've got about you know half an hour let's do like two or three kingdom turns real quick just sort of make some quick some decisions and you know and 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 then just sort of and then not think about it for another session basically but it was it's not they didn't enjoy it too like they were enjoying the decisions but they didn't think about it between sessions like you might think about oh my character is going to take this or my character is going to take this you know like this feat mm -hmm. or this mm -hmm. this this prestige class or whatever so yeah, it it was a little uh, 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 heavy lift for me as the GM, but also I didn't mind. <laughs> See, that's Why? that's interesting. And for for us in Horizons of the Vast with the charter turns, it's actually very light for me, in part because Ron and yeah. Scott, who kind of keeps track of everything we're doing, they really coordinate stuff, and everybody else kind of gets excited about. We've we've got some running jokes in in right. some of the the settlements we have, and when there's unrest for things, that 
people are, are just kind of wondering, oh, what's going to happen now? What kind of exciting event might happen here? And, and a lot of it's how it's flavored in what we've mm -hmm. been doing. Um, so I, it seems like it's fun for most people, that, that part of it, subsystems, doesn't it, Ron? Well, I, I think so too. And I think part of the reason is the charter turns that we run. And maybe, Jason, maybe this is interesting for you to hear some real life, yes. how people are interacting <laughs> with this. When we, it, I don't think we're ever in a point where we're like, oh, hey, here's a down, you know, here's a low between the first and second parts of this particular AP. Let's just do a couple charter turns. We always, when we do it, we go into it with like a thing we want to do, even if it's like, oh, we want to make sure we connect enough of our charter territory to this hex that mm -hmm. we found. Or, oh, we want right. to make sure we build defenses at each of our settlements. Or, oh, we want to build a new settlement. And, you know, hey, look, it has to be at least this many hexes from so. Oh, hey, let's go out and explore this place and then go build a settlement there and then connect. We, we have goals. And we don't <laughs> run just you know, one or two charter turns, we'll run charter turns until we've met our goal and then we'll go on with the adventure. <laughs> yeah. And if that's, that's good. one, if that's one charter turn, great. If it's like four or five of them, we'll do four or five of them really quickly. Well, that that's going to help you like make the whole AP take years in for characters, right? You know, which is what I kind of intended for the, for it to work anyway, because it's meant to be like, you're, you're you know, settling a whole new planet. Like it should take time. It shouldn't because a lot of, you know, you go to an adventure and it's like, oh, now we go from first level and now we're 12th level, whatever. And, and it took us mm, three days. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's just sort of like, cause everything, but everything's at a rush and there's, there's so much like, you know, pressure to do things. And, and, and a lot of times people just fall that way. So yeah, I mean like the whole point of the charter system was to be simpler than the kingdom building rules because of mm -hmm. my own experience with the kingdom building oh, rules. Nice. <laughs> Well, that's a subsystem that is seems easy to wrap your head around and uh, and get involved. And once once you realize, once you get into the flow of things, I think once we figured out the flow, yeah. the sequence, and and for me again, implementing, I actually made a separate binder for our our, our players that had all the things that you could get, all the requirements, all the th the the order that things would go. So everything that was kind of in the in the AP book. That was relevant for charter terms. I reprinted, put in uh, sheet protectors in a binder, uh, and then Ron actually made a great map, uh, laminated. Yeah, I got, I got a little worried that the markings we were making <laughs> on, like dry erase markers on the binder things we would put in between, yeah. would get smudged or something, and we'd forget. Mm, so what mm -hmm. I did is I did basically it's the same thing I did with Kingmaker. I took the maps. In this case, it was just two eight and a half by eleven pages. I think. Um, for Kingmaker, it was four poster maps. It was enormous. Yeah, big ones. And just got them yeah. all laminated together and then got a series nice. of colored stickers. And I, they might actually be the same set of colored stickers we used in <laughs> Kingmaker because they've been in the bottom <laughs> of my big gaming accessory box for a while to be like, all right, well, the little red stickers are our settlements or, or no, red stickers mm. are points of interest, little name tags for our settlements. Mm. And, you know, green means there's a resource there. Yellow means, you know, anyway. So it's got, and then, you know, draw the borders, our weird kind of crescent shape of our charter, uh, which at some point we intend to fill in, but that hasn't been on our priority <laughs> list for a while. Um, but the, uh, but anyway, yeah, getting that to be able to lay that out in the middle of the table and say, okay, let's do 
but we're going to do our thing that's here, right? Oh, no, no, it's actually it's over here. Kind of keeps everybody mm-hmm. focused on mm-hmm. that, I think, really well. That's, that's so having real good. tools laid out, it seems yes, like it helps tools quite a bit, important. Yeah. you know, yeah. for, for, for that subsystem. Well, to, and along the get... line with tools, I don't, I don't want to change topic if you're going to go to something else, but Starship Combat, you've got sheets that tell us the roles right. that each person does. That's super valuable for having a thing right yeah. in front of you so you're not flipping through the book. Here's what mm-hmm. I can. I'm the I'm the engineer. Here's what I can do. Yeah, That's I was. I mean, I was going to say something very similar to that, Ron, which is that like see, to go back to the sort of general question at hand is like, how do you introduce these things? And if it's something you're doing a lot, charter building, starship combat, you're going to do that more than once, right? Having a set of tools and reference sheets and so forth out there for the players is super important. It'll be very hel- helpful. People will be able to look things up and, and not have to worry about going to a book or like you said, you know, going to Nethys or something like that. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's something to prepare for. If you know, you're going to be using something a lot. Um, similarly, I think if there is something that you're going to be using a lot, like, like Starship Combat, for instance, I think it's, it would, it's helpful to have like an introductory tutorial type half a session, maybe, right. You know, here's mm. what, here are the rules for this. Let's have a fight. That's, I know it's only going to last like two starship, two or three starship combat rounds, and then it ends. And and if you have that capacity to be able to do that, I think that'll, you know, and a lot of times I, I I think in terms of like video games and and you know you want to have that short tutorial level that introduces you to a concept, uh, and not too many concepts at once, right? Maybe you do a a short starship combat that's just the basics, and then you think about like oh, and when we get into the real ones, you'll be able to do a couple extra things too, right? So that's it. That's a but. It, that that doesn't help you if you're doing something you're only doing once, right? Like like mm-hmm. Armada Combat or something similar. Yeah, I think with with the thing with Starship Combat, um, because everybody at the table was experienced players, and actually everybody but Ron were very experienced society players. We had mm-hmm. done tons and tons and tons of Starship Combat, right? So that's that's a system that you know we all learned through a very awful starship combat example in this thing called into the unknown oh that one's and, terrible uh, <laughs> there's two of them each more terrible than the last yeah. That's the... <laughs> before they adjusted all the um all the, all the, the DCs for things yeah, yeah uh which uh, was the very first starfinder uh, adventure written by ron yeah. lundeen um and i've run about seven times introducing people to it but um, it's a, that's a really good example of what Jason was just talking about yeah. because there's two starship combats in that, and one of them is just super simple because yeah. it can't be anything other than learning the. It's the tutorial that you were just saying, yeah. Yeah. and then I think the second starship combat involves maybe a little bit of terrain and space or something. It's still right. super simple, and I remember being told even at the time, "Hey, when you write these." We know that in retrospect, these are going to seem like just ludicrously underwhelming starship combats because they're going to be just so simple and basic. But that's kind of the point. So, right. right. Yeah. yeah. I, the issue with, with introducing people to them is that it makes it, makes it very long. It does, right? Yeah. Trying to Try, learn. I mean, it. if you're doing, to... if you're doing that and and more like a normal a fight or two, right? Like and role yeah. playing, like all of that in one session. Yeah, that's a lot. So you want to like, yeah. I would say pair that down to be like, this is the Starship yeah. Combat learning session. 
and, and that's actually what, so I, I, I ran it at, um, uh, PAX. PAX? No, no, no. It's the, uh, other one. Uh, Emerald, Emerald, Emerald Con. Emerald, Emerald City? So, yeah, Emerald City. Um, the convention that we had, and we had, uh, demo tables for Starfinder when it first came out. And I ran, you would run Starship or you would run mm-hmm. a combat or you would run a, there's a, a social skill challenge in there. Mm-hmm. So those yep. are three different things. And you could, if you completed all three, then you got full credit on your little sheet and you got a free, whatever thing. Right. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but trying to introduce somebody to it brand new who, who'd never yeah. seen it, it, it would take, you know, 45 minutes, an hour to get through what was very pretty simple thing. And, and and I'll bring it back to this Armada combat, which I was trying to approach kind of the same way. Um, you know, I handed out rules to everybody, kind of set things up. And we talked about what what things, but it was just, it was so different than what mm-hmm. anybody had really thought about before that it was hard for people to wrap their head around it. It pretty much, it, what everybody said is we, this is something we would like to read a couple hours on first or yeah, before we would even try to attempt it. Well, this is something that I've done. If I know a subsystem is coming up in an adventure that I'm running a a session or two ahead, or even the end of the session before be able to tell people, Hey, here's this thing that's coming up. Here's two or three pages. You know, I give homework, right? Here's two or three pages to read for next time. Um, and then if half the players have read it, then that's, well, that's a great, that's a that lot. That's good. That's great. That is a lot. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Well, you've, you've beaten the average. I'm sure that was, that was my fault. Um, two things. One, we hadn't met for like six weeks because people were traveling. It, to it had been a long time. Yeah. yeah. All kinds of stuff. And I hadn't read anything in books. I hadn't prepped book six until that day. So I didn't know. <laughs> you know, I hadn't read in detail. You and know, it, it's kind of right thing. near the beginning too. So yeah. yeah. Was, oh shoot. Yeah. Now I'm going to do this. So, um, yeah. So that's, again, that's another good thing. <laughs> well, and there's a little bit, for. I'm, I'm interested to hear how this goes because I don't, I have this from the developer side, but I don't have it from the player side. If you'll forgive me deviating into pathfinder from starfinder a little bit in um blood lords big six part ap mm-hmm. there is an adventure where you're hunting somebody down in a town you're actually hunting a bunch of people down and when you go to one particular town hunting them down is not a role-playing exercise it's not a combat exercise it uses the infiltration subsystem in the game mastery guide and some people have said it's just really jarring to all of the sudden have the pages and pages be like little the mini stats that the infiltration yeah. requires rather than something that's a little more narrative. Um, I think that it's, I mean, it from a technical matter, it flows from a narrative matter. It maybe reads very clumsily. Um, I'm interested. I, one thing I haven't heard a lot of is how people think that feels like in play to be like, Oh, well, we just did a couple of, you know, find people in a town jobs this town find people in a town job was different in kind of a refreshing way or no, they right. suddenly there's these infiltration mechanics. We didn't know anything about them. How does that even mm-hmm. work? Um, 
is it so, is it narratively different, Ron? Is like that person hidden, or like you have to infiltrate the town by not yeah, yeah. All the other towns, you can just kind of like kick the door in and be like, "I'm looking for this guy." Yeah, well, let me. Yeah, in the uh, um, in as in as light spoilery way as I can say, the person you're sure. looking for is kind of a crime boss who runs the town, and so nobody mm-hmm. in the town has any incentive to turn them over to these strangers right, that right, have come right. in. You've got to yeah. like sneak to get some information about location. Then you got to sneak to get the things you need to get. It's kind of a heist Mm -hmm. sort of feel because you're trying to get at somebody who is actively hidden by everybody else in the town in a way that other people aren't. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like you said, narratively, it it makes sense. It just, it becomes tricky to, to, to bring that in. And, and, you know, all the Pathfinder two sort of like GM guide subsystems are like, have a sort of a, similar through line and that like you're doing some skill checks to kind of like earn points essentially right like you're doing victory mm-hmm. it's sort of like they're all kind of like victory points so it, you know you know i don't know if it how jarring it would be if you've done any if there's anything else in the ap before that's that like that's like the research subsystem or or a chase or something like that um so you know again it, it all comes down to like just sort of knowing your group as always and and kind of being able to prepare them and being able to like like you said john you kind of i think you pivoted about the armada stuff so like yeah just pivot if it's not working like Mm -hmm. you can prepare all you want and present all this stuff and 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 have even one or two people on board but it might not end up working so you're you're gonna have to be flexible enough to be like well okay well then let's just have a fight instead or something you know yeah and uh, you know i was gonna you kind of mentioned something and, and, and this ties a little bit with what ron was saying uh, about the infiltration systems. So in, in Starfinder, there's also quite a few chase kind of system. There's a chase system in there. Uh, and they have it for land chase. I, I actually wrote a sea chase in one of my adventures. Um, there's space chases, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all kind of set up similar where you have some skill things you do. There's some uh, obstacles that modify the results of those skills and then it's almost like a contested role versus who you're chasing and who's chasing you and those seem a, I, I don't i don't like chases a lot um because they're different than the narrative and different from uh you know a lot of the combat things we do but still people seem to understand those cuz they're close enough to the type of skill checks and things that they Right. Would normally do conceptually they can understand it and and i guess the, it would be the same thing you know, with starship combat you know once people understand what their character can do what skills they can do and the effect it has conceptually then they can understand it i think with the armada that's and ron was kind of getting at this when we were playing and this is where i failed to, to kind of explain it if you can with that new subsystem kind of put it conceptually what your character is doing with your skills and how that affects play, then I think it's easier for them to tie it together. Yeah, that's right. I was playing a precog, so I looked right to the... It's not the magic officer, but it's some equivalent. I'm like, well, this is obviously what I'm going to do. It takes mysticism. All right, well, I don't don't need to learn what it's like to be the admiral of the entire armada or a captain of a a fleet, even. I'm going to be the magic person, so it's only that. One of the things Mm -hmm. I think that let that surprise some of the players in an unpleasant way is 
it wasn't immediately clear in if you're doing stuff in starship combat you're making your skill check so you're like oh i've got you know engineering plus 17 i'm going to add plus 17 to a thing that i do right in the armada system you take the number of ranks you have and then basically divide it by six and add two and that's the bonus you give to the fleet you're on so we're like so somebody was like wait i've got like a engineering a plus 17 and i'm gonna give plus three to the armada well that's not a lot but from the Mm -hmm. purpose of the from the point of the view of kind of the mini board game that armada is plus three is actually a lot that makes the fleet you're commanding substantially better at whatever it is you're adding your plus three to and i think that wasn't necessarily immediately obvious yeah it Hmm. wasn't actually obvious to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right. Um, so, any other last last words about incorporating subsystems in Starfighter? Um, I think at the like, if you know, again, if you're doing like a, something like a chase that you might be only doing once, or some other sort of like something that's in an AP that's like, oh, this is where you're making some rolls and accumulating some points to you know, win a Brutaris match or something like that, right? Like um, those little short ones. I think you can just hopefully they are not comp- not too complicated. And if they aren't, you can just kind of like, kind of spring them on play. Like just sort of like, do do the do the thing where you're the uh, uh, the video game engine, or you're the games to put this in ancient terms, uh, uh, text adventure parser. Just like, just tell me how you want to do it, and I'll give you the rules. I I find that sometimes I'm oh, when I, right. I have a group that 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 switches games a lot, uh, game systems a lot, and oftentimes it, it comes down to be just like, just tell me what you want to do, and I'll figure it out in the rules right and then i'll tell you how that works oh just roll that right nice so you can do it that way and that'll at least give the 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 players will still be able to act in character and and do things they want to care not necessarily have to worry about like min maxing the exact oh i better do this exact right skill check otherwise we fail the whole thing you know very helpful yep i think so all right um we had some questions from uh one of our listeners uh who's the one always seems to send us questions. Russell Sinclair, who, uh, as I mentioned, um, wrote uh, Guidance for Starfinder, and um, his Pathfinder <laughs> version is called Guidance for Pathfinder, so it's okay. on Roll20. So <laughs> sure. he, he, he messaged me about that when I, we talked about nice. it on the show. Um, another question that he had um, concerns if uh, there's a new book that comes out. For example, we just had uh, Starfinder Enhance released last mm-hmm. month. Um, uh, as a GM, how would you use this book in a session? So something new comes out, and how would you would you immediately incorporate it? Would it be something you would pick and choose things? Um, I guess part of it depends on if the the uh, adventure you know is tied closely with it. So you know, diff, like Drift Crisis and you know uh, the Drift Crisis book and Drift Hackers and things like yeah. that. Um, or like Starfinder Enhance, it's just it's just there. And one of the questions going to come up is, "Hey, we have this new thing. We all just leveled up to uh, what eleven or twelve? We just leveled up to twelve. Can we start picking things from this?" I mean, my answer is yes, <laughs> right? If the, <laughs> if it's a book of player options, I you know you can't say you can't as a GM decide how to use it. That is a bunch of player stuff, and they get to decide how to use it. Um, uh, I, you know, if there's anything that's like, I mean, you know, 
I'm not going to necessarily know everything, how everything's balanced in the, in, in the game too. So it's going to be like, yeah, sure. And you know, if it ends up skewing things the wrong way, then we, then we have to talk about it. Right. But, and, uh, uh, this is where, this is in a way to also where like, um, and I'm pretty sure when second edition Starfinder comes out, they'll probably use this sort of stuff too. The rarity tags and, and Pathfinder second edition right. sort of work. Right. Right. They were like, Oh, I want to use this thing. And I'm like, okay, was well, it, is it good? Or, you know, is it uncommon or rare or whatever? And if it's like rare, that's what the, oh, I'll need to check it before. But everything else is just kind of like, yeah, it's fine. It's probably fine. Um, go for it, go nuts. And then tell me, figure, you know, you figure out how it works and tell me about it when you're doing, using it so that we are all on the same page. Yeah. yeah no, got- I, I, I think that's good. No, I think that I'm I'm uh, I tend to be a little bit more restrictive, and this comes from my third edition D and D, three point five edition D and D days, where people could have stuff just that sprawled across, you know, twenty or forty different books, um, especially in sort of the organized play game. So I try to restrict things. Uh, people, it also helps restrict them thematically. If I say like core plus one, right? You can use the core rule book. You can use the advanced players guide. You know, the the kind of the key books that that are set up in the game or Starfinder core rulebook in this case, plus one other book. Like if that's your thing, if you want, you know, guns to be your thing, then you get the core books plus guns and gears. If you want to be uh, like, I've decided my precog character is basically core plus galactic magic. That That's all I've got. I've decided I wanted to be the magic person. So I sort of restricted myself to core plus one, just because that means <laughs> it limits what I have to carry to the game. It limits what I have to no. know. If there's a particular rule, I know it's that I've got on my character sheet and my character sheet doesn't give me all the information I need for it. I know I only need to look in one of two places. So I'm, I'm fast, right? When it comes to trying to figure out mm-hmm. what it is, I, how I play. Um, but I think that, uh, so that's what I do with the characters. To answer the question, um and perhaps a uh maybe a, a little bit of a snarky way you know what do you do if there's a new system that comes out in a book i'm like well if it's a paizo book you wait for them to write the adventure or adventure path around it because <laughs> they will right oh i sure like mechs well guess what <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, the, the, what you said before, Ron, like limiting stuff is is definitely great for for newer players, right? And especially because they can be like, oh, just just pick two books and 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 go with it. But like, I mean, does that hold for when you are in the process of a campaign? I have a character. You have your precog, and then something really cool comes out for that precog in Starfinder Enhanced. Say, do you not let yourself take it at that level? Do you just, you know? Do you I, uh, uh, go to the DM and be like, well, a b- core book, but this one's pretty new, so can I just sort of smoosh that into the I would plus pr- one? Probably plus, the latter, right? Yeah. Probably the latter. I'd probably be like, hey, this is this thing just really, really sort of strikes my fancy and what I wanted to do for my character. Even though I was restricted in these rules ways, could I use this kind of thing? That would be the case, given the rarity system that you mentioned, sure. that yeah, yeah. Pathfinders that 2 and Starfinder 2 are going to have is where I might come to something that's sort of uncommon or rare and be able to say, hey, there's this rare thing that I'd like to be able to use. You know, it's yeah. marked rare for a reason, I'm sure, but it's a, I would love to play a poppet or I would love to be able to cast anti-magic mm-hmm. field or, you know, whatever the rare rules item is. Yeah, I think one issue with limiting books in Starfinder is that as compared to Pathfinder 2nd Edition, 
there's a whole lot more equipment, right? Oh, and yeah. in depending on your 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 class in particular, you know, you you might want to draw because the core book is, you know, the core book, and then say the armory might be the two minimum that you would want. Right. Uh, but then, you know, there might be something really cool that came out in Galactic Magic or Tech Revolution, whatever. So, uh, you know, especially like every book has like fusions yeah. and things like that that just kind of add on to things. So, uh, I have a harder time with it. And, and in fact, in Starfinder, I don't really care. Right? right. Starfinder just, is just it's wide it open to in. me. Yeah. Is, is uh, and and that's kind of how we play society play. Once it's been cleared. Um, you know, uh, whatever rules that aren't society legal or are highlighted, I'm fine with people doing whatever. And I do like with Jason, if I don't know what it is, I learn because the player tells me, you know, sure. and if I think yeah. they're interpreting it wrong, because it's seems like that's way overpowered. I look it up and, and we do this. You know, I, I was just listening to our intrepid heroes broadcast and we were talking about, uh, operative things and, like, oh, well, let's go look that up. You know, here we are 18th level and we're still looking up a pretty basic <laughs> yep. thing because of a new weapon that our operative got. And oh, turns mm -hmm. out that you can't do that with this particular weapon, whatever. So I, you know, I don't have a, I don't feel the need. I know a lot of Starfinder. I don't feel the need to have to know absolutely hundred uh, percent. I'm happy to have a player explain, even in organized play, if we're doing something, and they're playing a class I'm not really familiar with. I'll ask them, well, how did you do that? And, you know, how's that work? And, and things like that. So, um, but uh, I think for Pathfinder, kind of what you, uh, Ron alluded to, I think that is a little bit easier because you can get so much equipment, right? Yeah. Just out of a couple of books, you know, and, and things like that. So I don't know. That's, I think yeah. that's a little bit different. That's all. I mean, you know, for Starfinder, well, you might want to be like core. And then an equip one equipment book. Maybe that's maybe that's armory. Maybe that's tech revolution. And then one other sort of character options book. If you want like to like you want to be an evolutionist, the, the for example. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Just to yeah. narrow things down for for newer players or whatever. But but then eventually, right. but not necessarily say you're restricted to that. But just like maybe look at the look at you know these sort of subsets and then and and and, and see. Then I think you're doing there, a disservice to Paizo then, Jason. You want everybody to buy all the books. Of course, you have well, them all. Right. And get all familiar you, with them. How else are you going to know what you want unless you buy them all and look at them? Oh, like, of course. I don't know then what I want to play. Yeah, read them all. Cover that's to cover. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Well, yeah, this does. Exactly. You actually. That's the right answer for a lot of GMs who are homebrewing their. I mean. For as much as we play a lot of the adventures and a lot of the adventure paths, you know, we're all yeah. well aware that there are plenty of people who don't. They just, the GMs who just kind of make their own stuff up. And GMs mm -hmm. who make their own stuff up, if they, as soon as they see some sort of, whether it's a player facing rule that they can give to one of the foes they're going to fight or they can place as treasure for their characters to find, or whether it's some sort of subsystem that they really like, like a narrative starship combat, like, heck, I'm going to use this right in the very next session. There's, mm -hmm. They've got no constraint to wait for it to appear in a yeah. uh, print right. adventure or try to shoehorn it in. They're like, I can, I have, yeah. you know, I'm ultimate control over what goes on and I'm just going to use this thing that I saw that I think is neat immediately. And that's or, kind or of a lore. fun aspect of that. Too, oh, Ron. Yeah. Like, lore, I mean, yep. lore piece, right? That's just like, oh, this planet, it gets introduced to near space and I want, we should mm -hmm. all go there. Let's do it. And then they can just plop it in. So yeah, like, you know, if you have that freedom, great. 
Very good. Well, um, this has been a lot of fun again. <laughs> so I'm glad. Kind of meandered all over with our subjects. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. But we only, yeah. we, we talked about two things. Two. So we're we talked a lot about those two things, though. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Right. Okay. To talk a lot about a couple of things. That's right, and we've done it ninety-seven times so far. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Ron, I'm I'm glad we could get you again. Um, we're gonna keep trying to get you, for sure, at least for the hundred. So we'll see what oh, yeah. happens yeah. in the interim. So. Yeah. All right. Alrighty. Well, I'm John. And I'm Ron. And I'm Jason, and this has been Digital Divination. <laughs>